0: Welcome to Christ Church.
1: The following is a homily from our Sunday morning gathering in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Enjoy.
0: Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Someone in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. But he said to him, Friend, who set me to be judge or arbitrator over you? And he said to them, Take care. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Then he told them a parable the land of a rich man produced abundantly. And he thought to himself, what should I do for I have no place to store my crops? Then he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, You fool, this very night your life is being demanded of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So it is with those who store up treasures for themselves, but are not rich towards God. The Gospel of the Lord. Father, and of the
1: Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning. These lectionary readings have a bit of doom and gloom in them today. They are poignant in the world we live in. They were poignant in the world in which it was written. And it is something that we cannot escape. Goods are Things that we strive for, success, material things, and Jesus tells the people that's not what this is about. It's not. Because we allow the world to get in the way of heavenly things. Like, don't, put your, don't put all your hopes in earthly things. I can't remember if I've said this here or not, but I was in seminary once and I preached on a text similar to this. And I quoted a country song in an African-American Episcopal Church in Austin, Texas. (laughs) That's what they did. (laughs) But the line, the tagline of the song is, I've never seen a hearse with a trailer hitch. (laughs) Am I wrong? No, because there's not. You can't take these things with you. right? So put our mind on heavenly things. My homiletics professor would be happy because I just covered the gospel, but now we're going to talk about real life things, okay? We have seen yet another tragedy in this country, and within a matter of 13 hours or 14 hours, another tragedy. 30 people have lost their lives, and maybe more to come with these horrific acts of violence. And... He also taught me in seminary that sometimes you could have the best sermon in the world ready to go. But real life happens. I'm not saying what I was going to say was the best. I thought it was pretty good. But there's an elephant in the room in this country right now. And it's hatred. It's violence. And if any of you know how to stop that, Tell me, because I don't know. I wish that I had words to say to someone, or some way to address the issue. In full disclosure to you today, I have a temper. When something irritates me or angers me, I usually go from about zero to 300 if it's bad enough, okay? It, I'm very, very serious, because, and I want to scream. There are certain things in life that make me want to scream. I am angry today about this situation and this violence. I am angry, and I want to scream. But what does that screaming do? Nothing. It angers more people and causes more screaming and causes more hatred and more violence. A friend of mine said to me, he said, I want to scream, but I'm so tired of screaming into the void of this problem that I don't know what else to do. Do any of you feel that way, where you're just angry about this, but it's just going nowhere when you talk about it? Right? It's scary. This should be the safest place outside of your home, and maybe even safer. But truth be told, we are not safe in our churches anymore. Does that bother any of you? That bothers me greatly, right? So what do we do? How do we live into the gospel message of loving your neighbor in the midst of all this hate, right? If we look at El Paso, here are these families going to Walmart to buy school supplies, A new backpack. I bought my son a new backpack yesterday, and it's like I bought him a puppy. (laughs) He was so excited and so happy and so proud that he carried his shoes in the box in his backpack around the store. That's joy. Buying new pencils and folders and all of these things for school is a joy for kids, even though they don't necessarily want to go back to school. (laughs) And in the midst of this joy, hatred rings out in the form of gunfire once again. We read manifestos from the shooters. We read that, allegedly, he said this was because there was a Mexican invasion. doesn't matter who's there, but there's an invasion upon someone's beliefs. And there's rhetoric happening in our country that people feel they need to take it out on their own and say, I'll help solve this problem, watch this. And that's what's happening now <clears throat> yesterday uh, bishop michael hun of the diocese of the rio grande put out a message on facebook while he was traveling he was in an airport and people are walking by um, if you're not friends with him on facebook i suggest you do it because he puts out these posts that are really poignant and really amazing but he said i want to talk about this i want to talk about violence I want to talk about really what we're going to do. I'm paraphrasing. He said, and I want to talk about hope. I have found it very difficult to find hope the last two days. Genuinely, I've been trying, but I'm so angry that I can't find hope. And what he said was, listen, as Anglicans, as Episcopalians, we are a resurrection people. We look for the hope of what is to come not the now. We look at the hope of what is to come. And he said something that really triggered for me a response that I wasn't expecting. My anger went away like that because he said one of the problems that we are ignoring in this country and what is bringing out a lot of this violence is the pain that people are feeling. Some of you may know Jacob George who attends here from time to time. He was my clinical supervisor at Hillcrest Hospital as I did my chaplain work. And he said something to me one day where it's one of those moments where you just go, duh. He said, just because someone's angry, they're not angry at you, there's something going on underneath. Duh. Right? There's something that is triggering the response. The pain That someone has felt, the trauma that someone has dealt with. Now, the young man who went and perpetrated this act in El Paso, I don't know him. I will not even pretend to to put something out there that says something about him because I don't know him. But I do know that he was filled with pain and he was filled with hurt. Perhaps he was ignored. Perhaps there, is, there are mental illness things involved. Again, I'm not saying that about him. I'm simply giving th- ideas of what could happen. He could have been ignored. He could have been bullied. He could have been cyber-bullied. All of these things are real in our lives. Who was it that should have looked out for him and said to him, Hey, how are you? Yeah, I'm glad you raised your hand. She's the only one. How how old are you? Six. The six-year-old raised her hand, and none of you did. That's not bad toward you, but that's really good toward you. That makes me happy. And, And there's my hope for the day. That's my hope for the day. But as resurrection people and a people of hope, we are called to what? What's the greatest commandment God gives us? Love God with everything you have and love your neighbor as yourself. How many of you have ever been at a point in life where you were in pain, you were hurting from a loss, a death of a a close relative or a loved one, or maybe you lost a job, or maybe you moved away from family and friends? We've all understood and felt pain in our lives. What got you through that? Perhaps other people saying, hey, how are you? How's your day going? Anybody ever experienced that? Could be someone you know. It could be a stranger. Sometimes a stranger, it's easier to talk to them, right? Sometimes in an airport or something, if you meet somebody, it's like, oh, you want to hear my life story? Bleah, there it is. <laughs> it's like therapy, and you get to people watch, so it's good. But if we are going to live out the gospel message of Jesus Christ, we have to love our neighbors. It's really that simple. Right? We're not perfect. We can't do the things that Jesus did. But did Jesus ever say to us, "Be just like me?" Did he say that? No. What did he say to the guys fishing? "Drop your nets and what?" "Follow me." Well, "Follow me." And he said to Matthew, tax collector, "Hey, I've got an idea for you. Follow me." simple. At least on paper, it's simple. Love your neighbor, follow the example of Jesus. I don't like having to preach and talk about these things. I'm fearful for our world. I'm fearful for people in communities that don't have love and support. I'm fearful for individuals who are marginalized and pushed aside because they're different Or they may be dealing with something that other people have never dealt with. But it's time to step up, because I will make a commitment in front of you all today that I'm not willing to be quiet about it anymore. I'm just not. And I will tell you something honestly for me. This is my belief, and if you share this, great. If you don't, that's fine too. I don't believe for one instant that this is about a Second Amendment, I don't believe this is about military or police. It's not about hunting. I love to hunt. I love it. I do. I genuinely love to do it. It's so nice to be out in nature, and it's enjoyable to me. But it's not about these things. This is about human life. Human life. So I have a challenge for you this week. And by the way, last time I was here, I challenged you all to talk with someone who is different or other than you. It's time for your pop quiz. Raise your hand if you randomly talk to a stranger about that. It's okay. If, yes! <laughs> woo I think one person at the early service did. I told them they had to work harder.
0: <clears throat>
1: Thank you for doing that. But here's my challenge, and this one's going to be hard, okay? because what I want us to focus on and what I want you to think about throughout the week and throughout the rest of your lives is look around and see if you see someone who doesn't seem like they're okay I'm not a therapist I know several but that's not me but I know that God has given me a call on my life as a priest to be a pastor to people you are all priests did you know that? The priesthood of all believers, you're all priests. Just Bishop Ed didn't squeeze your head. (laughs) Your job is to go out and find a hurting person in the world and help heal them. It's not your job to heal them. It's your job to find them. Because the majority of people are not going to say, hey, I'm hurting, someone help me. That's not how it works. It could be a family member, a friend, a co-worker, somebody in this room. But your challenge is to find someone who is hurting and share the love of God and say, listen, I know that you're having a hard time, but I promise you that that pain can heal. And I know a place where it can happen. I know the pain will heal. Just reaching out to someone... Simply reaching out could change their life forever. And then you get to be like Jesus. And once that wall is broken down, even enough to see over it or to move around, you could say, hey, I'm going to go here with my faith community. Why don't you follow me? Follow me and I'll show you the healing, power, and the love of God. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more, go to ChristChurchTulsa.org. And peace be with you.